0: Christine, if you would, <clears throat> if you would just keep these lights down. I just want us to take a look right here. Because this is where the story, for a lot of people, in today's world, they think it ends right there. They think that a brutally marred guy, that said that He was the Son of God, was put in the ground, and He just stayed there like all other men. John 1.1 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Throughout all eternity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have always eternally past and forward, existed. They will never stop existing. And there came this plan as we look in Genesis. And God the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit, they look and God speaks. Earth, space, stop voice. No construction materials needed. And in this, this, this world that He creates, we live on the third planet from the sun, He creates this man in His own image. And He makes Adam. And He molds him with His hands. And God says, He is good. He looks like me. Not only does God form him, God breathes into Adam's nostrils, causing him to become a living person. It only takes three chapters into the book of Genesis for sin to enter the picture. They enjoyed a very short time of relationship with God without sin, but Adam and Eve both fell, causing us to inherit weakness, brokenness, but most of all separation from god in our sinful nature god sees a problem throughout the entire old testament he sends major prophets minor prophets teachers scribes kings to warn his people jesus is coming don't miss out he's coming The last book in the New Testament, Malachi, says not only is Jesus coming, but another prophecy said His messenger is going to come with Him. And John the Baptist, we see in the new in the first part of the New Testament, John the Baptist says, "I come to prepare a way for the man that's going to come after me." Why does Jesus have to come? Why does he have? What is, what is he? He what is he doing here? Jesus has been sent on a mission that he could have said no to, but he didn't. There were some men that didn't like Jesus in the way that He taught. Jesus gave life. Other people said that He had no idea what He was talking about. They said that He was blasphemous because He said He was the Son of God. Jesus was sent by the Father. He was submissive to an eternal relationship and He came to earth. Born of a Virgin Mary. Raised until he was about 30 years old. And he starts his public ministry of ministering and living and loving. Showing people God's love. But on not only that. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. And Jesus was ridiculed. In fact, he was, he was praying knowing that his life was on, was on a very, very short to be almost over. And he goes to the garden to pray. And he's arrested. And he's put on a make-believe trial and he's found guilty of being blasphemous. And they just want to get rid of him. So enter the picture of last week when we talked about the cross. Oh, I left the crown of thorns in the purple up here. If you missed it, you can see him right now. Guess what? Today they're absolutely, completely useless. And Jesus goes to this cross and He's beaten and He's mocked and He's punched and He's kicked. And He bore and He paid for a debt that was mine and yours. And we don't have to pay for this. Because He did it one time and one time with Jesus is more than enough. Shortly after midday, Jesus said the famous words as recorded in Scripture. He says, it is finished. And they take Him off the cross. They have to hurry because they don't want to be unclean to not be able to celebrate Passover. They take Him down. They put Him in a stone grave. They seal it with a stone. They seal it with a signal, a signet ring. They seal seal it in wax. No one is to open this because for once and for all, we have killed the Son of God. It's over. And for three days, Satan had a party. What Satan meant for utter awfulness, God used for utter brilliance. Because on the third day, Scripture was again fulfilled. Jesus Himself tells His disciples, on the third day I'm going to rise again. They had no idea what He was talking about until this morning. And God the Father looks down on a son that He let die for us. And he spoke three of the most life-changing, life-altering words in the history of the world. When he looked down to his son and he said, Arise, my love. And there's no signet ring and no seal of wax and no stone or rock or anything in front of that grave that was going to hold my king in there. And the earth shook and the lightning struck and the stone rolled away and Jesus Christ, dead three days ago, walked out accomplishing the hope for us. I didn't know any other way to tell you Happy Easter. So there it is. Let's pray. God, you are most unbelievably good. This morning we, we get to study this, this resurrection. God, and it is resurrection day. Happy Easter. God, every day should be happy Easter. Happy resurrection day. But on this uniform calendar day, when we celebrate this, God, I just ask that you make your word known to the people that are in here. If they do not have a relationship with you or their relationship with you is not where it should be, God, I ask that you work on their hearts and you input your heart into theirs. God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You have your Bibles this morning. We're going to be in John chapter 20. We're not going to be in the dark for long. They can raise the lights. John chapter 20. Big deal. Now, why did I go through that? Man, oh man, got the really cool sound effects and everything's looking really cool and it's really story time. Listen, it's not a story. It's not a made up story. We're going to see a couple of reasons why this morning it's you can almost I can I can guarantee you that it's not a made-up story. Oh, man, that's pretty. That's pretty confident. Just based on characters in this in this story, I can prove to you that this really happened. Now, some of you come in and say, "Oh, we well, still have the crosses up. You have the purple." And we, as Americans, especially, we like to wear crosses as necklaces. You know what? You know what? That, guess what? You know why I left it up? I wanted you to see something really, 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 really important. You ready? There's nobody on it. He gone. Oh, you like Doug Dynasty? Good. We'll use those. All right. Now look at this. If you have your worship handout, this this purple piece of paper, purple piece of paper. Every time we use purple, I have to try to say that. Okay, Open it up. We're going to take some notes. Now, I, want, I did that on purpose. I want you to catch up with this. We're on the third day. Now, look at your worship handout. Look at this. This is serious. This is serious. For three days, the followers of Jesus thought that hope was gone. You have to understand that. You have to get in the mindset of these people. Figure out what it was like to be the, one of the first followers of Christ. And they literally would have been right here, kneeling down. Some of them, right here watching their hope, what He said was the Son of God. He said, I'm the Son of God. And He watched them as they beat Him and they punched Him and they drove nails through His wrists and His feet. And they poked the spear in His side and blood and water came out, meaning you were clinically dead. And they put Him in this rock tomb. Now think about this. When we go to a graveside funeral... Here for some of our loved ones or people that we know, you don't go past the gravesite. You don't. that's a, that's a finality. It's, that's as far you often hear a pastor say or a guy that's doing a ceremony, we've come as far as we can, as far as our contact with our bodies. We've come as far as we can. Now these people now listen, for three days after they left the tomb, can you imagine the anxiety? The worry, the fear. If they did that to Jesus and they know that I followed Him, are they going to do the same to me? This is a high reality here, okay? This is a big deal. It wasn't just, oh, Jesus is gone. What do we do now? This was not okay. Jesus was their leader. He was everything. But Sunday's coming, right? (laughs) Sunday's here. Look at John chapter 20, verses 1 and 2 with me right here on the screen or in your Bible. Now look at this. Early on Sunday morning. If you're a scholar of New Testament time, yes, Sabbath day. It was probably Saturday, okay? That's why they have Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. Okay, That was their Sabbath. We changed it. Sunday morning. Okay, this morning. Early on Sunday morning while it was still dark. Now I want to stop here. Some of you don't even understand that it's actually dark in the morning before it gets light. Because it's on an hour of the clock that you don't know is there. While it was still dark, now this is highly, highly, highly important. Why was she going to the tomb after the three days? The Passover was over. She had already celebrated it, now she was going to go back. What was she doing there? What was she doing there? Look Look at who it is. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. If, you take, if you're taking notes, write down this little scripture. You can look at it later. If you want to find out how big of a deal Jesus was to Mary Magdalene, look at Luke chapter 8, verse 2. Luke 8, 2 gives you a really good reference to why Mary was here and why she paid so much attention in following Christ. I'm going to do a little spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, you can read it for yourself, but listen. It is recorded in 8, 2 of Luke that Jesus cast seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. If Jesus had cast seven demons out of you, would you follow him? she owed everything to him everything she was a free person yet watch this yet jesus meets this woman and she's in dire straits physically emotionally and spiritually seven demons inside her jesus casts out the demons now watch this if you are some point in life right now right now and you came into church this morning you say well it's easter i got to go with my family good i'm glad they dragged you here i'm glad because I want to tell you something very, 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 very important. There's a time in my life, many times in my life, where I felt that I simply wasn't good enough. Watch this story. If you think about this, I want you to listen to me. If Mary Magdalene was in such a place that she was, she was inhabited by seven demons, and Jesus took the time to minister to her, look what she gets to do. She's the first person to see the tomb is empty she had suffered all this stuff had been all the, had, had experienced life or we would call it experienced life, this huge thing yet it didn't disqualify her from getting to see one of the most unbelievable sights in the entire Bible we do not care, Jesus did not care about your past he cares about your future and the same way with this lady and he found, she found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. This is not a rock. This is not a rock that you skip. This is... Many people. Okay? You're not going to move it by yourself. If you're in there, you're not coming out on your own. Heavy. Okay? You're not going to push it. Look at verse 2. Now, so she sees the tomb is empty. Now, they, grave robbery happened. Okay? If there was valuables in there... They would be, you would have it raw, okay? They're, they're, this is a big possibility. So one of her biggest fears has just came true. She's like, I just want to go. What does she want to do? I just want to go and finish anointing his body. If you remember last week, Nicodemus, you know, Nick at night? He brought 75 pounds of ointment and myrrh to, to put on Jesus' body. 75 pounds. That's not going to take you an hour. It's going to take you several hours. Hey, look at this. After three days of waiting, I'm I'm sorry, uh, verse 2, she she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. This is John. Look what book we're reading. He doesn't refer to himself. It's him. Okay. Some think, oh, that's pretty arrogant. Jesus is the one. Yes, but Jesus did love him. Okay? Now watch this. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved. She said, they have taken The Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Now, time out. Time out. I want to show you something really cool. If you read through the scripture, you just miss it. There's a huge word. It's the fourth one from the end. that says, they. That means other people besides us, besides the followers, have taken him. But if you back up even more, if you back up one, two, three, four more words, and you get to the middle of the line over there on the end, it says, We. When is the only time that you use we? Are you by yourself when you use we? No. John is the only one of the gospel writers that records one lady, Mary Magdalene. Now, why did he record just her? She's the one that takes the action. That's probably what they think. But there's not one woman. There are multiple women. Just to put this into perspective to you, they would have never included women finding the empty tomb unless it was true. Look at verse three. Look at this. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. Now, Mary comes running in out of breath. You you know, you ever had a had a an incident in your yard, and your kids blow it way out of proportion by the time they run in from the house and they get into you? And say let's say let's say you're a son or daughter and they, and they cut their hand and it's not going to require stitches, it's just gonna be band-aided. But or you get bumped on the head and head wounds, I know head wounds bleed awful, and they come running in and Ah, oh, he's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to lose a hand. She's gonna Listen, I think that when she came in, <sighs> number one, I think she was probably emotional to another degree that we don't understand. She was mourning in the first place. She was already emotional for the day. She probably came in and said, they stole him. He's gone. He's gone. All I wanted to do was to go put the ointment on his body and he's gone. They couldn't even let us do that. They hated him that much. See, this is a big deal. You have to understand what's going through her head. So it says, Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running and the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Wow, the disciple that loved Jesus, or Jesus loved John, he must be the greatest runner in the world. Because Peter started... He's listed first, he started, and then he loses the race. How? Why? The Bible is so intimate and so detailed that I can tell you, probably, why Peter got outran by John. You ready? Peter was probably, in this story, he was probably middle 40s. John was middle to late 20s. Think about that. If you ran against, and some people are like, I don't run, okay, okay. If you ran against your younger self, no matter how old you are, chances are that younger self probably has more endurance than you do right now. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you've made a lifestyle change or whatever. But that's why. John took off running. He goes, you're not going to beat me. I'm going to be there. So he goes. Look at this. Look at verse 5. So John gets there. <laughs> he walks up. He goes, yep. It's empty. There's no recollection of Mary even going in or looking into this tomb. She just, turned the corner. She saw it was open. She saw it was messed up. (gasps) Back to tell the guys. So John gets here. He says he stooped. He stooped. And he looked in and he saw the linen wrappings lying there. But he didn't go in. Now listen. These are linen wrappings that were literally put on Jesus three days before. And they were just sitting there. (laughs) Then Simon Peter, you could literally preach many sermons on those three words. (laughs) Then Simon Peter, this is the the outspoken, the I got to see this for myself guy. He said he he arrived and he went inside. It wasn't good enough to just, you know, John's over there going, hmm. Hmm." Peter's like, move out of the way, I'm going in. I got to see what's going on. He had to see for himself. So he went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. In verse 7, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. They're separated. Okay, If someone would have stolen the body, they wouldn't have taken the time to take these wrappings off. They would have just grabbed them and went. Okay, you realize who this is in history. Okay, It would be like kidnapping somebody of high, high importance in government. This is a big deal. In verse 8, look at he goes on. And said, then the disciple who had reached the tomb first, this is John, also went in and he saw and believed. Now this is is huge. Because we're getting ready to see something in Scripture that's absolutely astounding and amazing. Look at verse 9. For until then they, those two disciples, still hadn't understood the Scripture that said Jesus must rise from the dead. If you remember, uh, uh, just before he enters Jerusalem, Jesus talking about rebuilding the temple. And the people would just get irate and say, it took us 46 years to rebuild this temple. And he goes, I'm going to do it in three days. Wasn't talking about any type of wood, stick, or mortar. He was talking about himself. He is the temple. Now, this is funny to me. Now, watch. So they realized this. In verse 9, said they understood the scripture that Jesus said, he must rise from the dead. Okay, now, watch this. Look at verse 10. That's it. They went home. They, that's all we're told. Now, what? This is this is a big deal because no matter how far they ran to get to the tomb, I bet they run. They ran faster going home. It had made sense to them. Now, notice one thing here. Do you think it would have made sense? for the two guys that just realized that Jesus had raised from the dead to tell Mary? But the, this lady's crying. <laughs> they go into the tomb, they go, ha, 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 and they come running out and they just run right past her and they leave her crying. Look at 11. Look at, look at this. And, verse 11, they left her standing at the tomb crying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's alive. Shoom! <laughs> they left her there. Does this not make any sense? Do you think, that wouldn't you just come out of this and just start screaming? Well, it, may, it made sense to them. And they said, he's alive. He isn't here. He's alive. And they ran right past Mary. And they just left her there. She doesn't have to be crying. They just left her there. Like a big sister, or like a big brother, little sister kind of thing. Eh, just, yeah, she'll get over it. She'll find out sooner or later. Look at your worship hand uh. It Says this. Mary was mourning. Why was she why was she standing out there crying? The fact of the matter is, God had worked this out way back that those guys weren't even supposed to talk to her. Because Because they didn't, if they would have said that Jesus had been raised from the dead, what what would she have done? She would have went with them. She would have left, right? And she would have missed out on being the very first person to ever see the resurrected Christ. Think about this. God has a plan for these things. But as Mary was mourning, the man that she followed, Jesus Christ, the man that healed her physically and spiritually was gone. She was utterly devastated. Probably Jesus was more like a father spiritually and physically than she probably had. When you lose someone like that in your life, that's that big of a deal. You understand the grieving process. It's bad. It's hard. But look what Mary gets to see now. These guys now watch. Watch this trick. Okay, you ready? Not a whole lot of time has gone by here. The guys have. They left her there. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. So she, Mary, saw two white... Poof. Do you think that the, you know, the angels came over from, from wherever and they just kind of walked in when Mary wasn't looking? These are angels. Okay? They can do cool things. <laughs> so they were... Look at this. She said, she saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Not one time is it recorded. Now, if you and I saw this, we would freak out. Don't lie, you would. Okay, not one time. Not one time does it mention that she's scared, that she's intimidated. Not one. Not one time. You know why? I think she was so devastated in her mourning that she the the other world that's just going around outside her is just not there. She's so deep in this process sometimes in our own lives we get so deep in in our process of grieving or my life is so bad that we fail to see what God has done we don't look out look at this the two angels were sitting there and she asked this unbelievable question in verse 14 verse 15 actually but 14 starts she turned to leave and saw someone standing there Now, it was Jesus, but she didn't recognize Him. Please think with me very, very quickly. Mary Magdalene was at the cross of Christ. She saw, if we look at Scripture, Jesus' flesh hung like ribbons. He was unrecognizable. His face was completely swollen, beaten, and bloody. His whole entire body was marred and messed up. When she put Him in the grave three days ago, He looked bad. Why doesn't she recognize Him? No more scars. There is not Neosporin that has been created that will do that in three days. You can make a lot of money if you can do that. Why? How, how? Listen, Jesus has not been healed by medicine. Jesus has been healed and raised from the dead by the great physician. Behold, I make all things new. Knock, knock, that's his dad. <laughs> I make all things new. So Mary didn't recognize him. The last thing... If you went to the graveyard and you were at your... If I went to my grandparents' gravestone, and I was down there and I was talking to them or praying or just, just remembering my memories, and somebody came up and stood next to me, 99.9% of the time, I'm not going to think it's who? My grandparents, right? They're, they're gone, they're deceased. Because my grandparents knew Jesus Christ, they're alive. You're going to be... You, by the way, you are an eternal being. You're going to live forever, not your body. Your soul will live forever. You just choose. Smoking or non-smoking. That's what, that's a cool bumper sticker. There's a little bit more to that, but than that. But look at this. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. No joke. When they put him in. He was a beaten, bloody mess. I mean, they would probably clean them off with rags before they put the linens on. They would just soak in blood. Look at, look, at, look at the next verse. Look at 15. <laughs> Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Now this is the person. She doesn't know who they are. She doesn't recognize them. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? Okay. Does Jesus know how she's going to answer this question? Hello, it's Jesus, right? Yeah, he knows. She goes, okay. <laughs> Let's play a little game. <laughs> who are you looking for? And she says this, she thought he was was the gardener. She says, sir. She said, if you have taken him away, please tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. She wants to know where her Savior has been taken or stolen and put. Now this guy, Jesus, is talking to her. She doesn't understand it's Jesus until she, she hears one word. Now she is asking anybody. Mary is asking anyone that she can find, "Where's he at? Let me let me have him back. I want him back so I can I can show my honor for what he did in my life." Now I have a question. Mary Magdalene asked everybody that she could about Christ. How, how to get back her Savior. How to get back. She had such a relationship. And I ask myself this question. And I'll ask you this this morning. Are we that concerned with where Jesus is in our life to seek after Him like that? Are we that intentional on having God run our life through the Holy Spirit and our relationship with Him that we seek Him in everything? Listen, she's at a funeral. It's post-funeral, actually. She's just grave visiting And she said, I I want God, I want my Savior, I want... When's the last time that you got on your knees, maybe on your face on the carpet? I've heard pastors say, if you do not understand what your carpet, or you do not know what your carpet smells like, learn how to pray that way. When we fall face down in front of God and we say, I want to seek you with everything that I have. This is what she's doing. Then Mary... This seven demon-possessed woman that has been forgiven, healed, and is a follower of Jesus Christ. Here's the greatest word she has ever heard in her life. Look at verse 16. Mary. Mary Magdalene knew exactly the tone of that voice. She knew exactly who was on the other end of that sound. My, my, my grandfather was on the Baptist Hour in, at WFIW for a long time, and, and my uncle one, one Christmas made us, made us these, uh, put all of his devotions on, uh, that he, they put on the radio, and he put it on a CD. Now I'm telling you right now, I put it in my truck, and then I went inside, and then I came out the next day, forgetting what cd i had in my truck the first voice that i heard was somebody that has been gone since 2001 and i instantly knew that voice people that have gone on before us that are really important you remember if your parents are gone you remember their voice your grandparents you remember their voice listen to me she most certainly recognized this voice because her Savior was not lost. He was standing next to her. Look at this. He said, Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, "Rabbi," which in Hebrew means teacher. I almost started jumping up and down in my office. Because for the first time, humans, people that have a sin problem, they're, for the first time, they're seeing the resurrected Christ. She, is not, she did not have the relationship that you and I did. We believe in something that we've never seen. She was looking at him face to face. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being there? <sighs> Jesus might be saying your name this morning, but my question is, will you recognize it? Look at the next blank in your worship handout. I really want you to get this point. Do you recognize the voice of Jesus? Now, some of you say, well, I've been a Christian for 50 years. Good. Great. Great. Do you recognize the voice of Jesus when He wants to change or mold you or challenge you or push you or take something out of your life that doesn't need to be there? Or do you just say, mute button? Listen, this is a huge deal. This is a big deal. Do you recognize, man, do you recognize the voice of Jesus? (laughs) Reminds me of my grandma this morning. There's just something about that name, isn't there? It's her favorite song. Sang it to her in the hospital before she died. Didn't sing it well. It was a really hard time for me. But you know what? She recognized the voice of Christ. She understood who He was in her life. We're faced with decisions. Do we recognize God's guidance? Do we recognize the Holy Spirit working? If you're a follower of Jesus, are you seeking what He wants to tell you and not what our own agenda says to go after? This is hard. A lot of times we check the no box on that one. Mm Mm-mm, I'm good, I'll do what I want. More comfortable, less challenging. I don't have to put up with what God says to do in my life. Listen, be very careful of that. You don't understand, maybe, the price that was paid just so you can have that relationship. Look, at he goes on in the Scripture in verse 17. Now, he says this, don't cling to me. Now, if you want to get into a theological, crazy debate with people that are much smarter than me, talk about Jesus' body. Not today, we do not have time. We do not have time in a month to talk about this. Now, there are different, different things. Some people think Jesus had a body that he had not yet went to, the, went to heaven to get from God. However, other people think this. This is really cool. If somebody came back to life, okay, like if you were Mary and Jesus came back alive, what was the first thing that you would do? You would hug him, wouldn't you? And you would squeeze him, and if you were looking, you had been looking for him, you would never let him go, would you? Jesus, you're so cool. I'm so glad you're back. That weeping went to joy. Her tears of sorrow went to tears of joy. She was so happy. You know what Jesus was doing? He probably hugged her. And he said, "Okay. Okay. 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 Okay." okay. <laughs> Yeah, listen, you can't cling to me. Jesus said, he said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them. Now watch what he's, what's she going to tell him? I'm ascending to my Father, to my God, and your God. Now, theologically, did it happen right then, then later? At the end of the book of John, does he do it again? You know, (laughs) you have that discussion with people that are far smarter than me. But look at the central theme. Jesus said, here I am. I'm here. Okay, that's a good hug. Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) Jesus never said, don't touch me. He just said, don't cling to me. Evidently, she was already clinging. She's clinging. He never says, don't touch me. But you know, Jesus had a job. He knew, because he's Jesus, he's fully God, he knew that he only had a short time. Okay? Now watch. He... Had plans. He said, listen, you have a job. Okay, okay, stop hugging. Okay? Yes, I'm back. I'll see you in a second. I need you to go tell my buddies, my disciples, my friends. I want to see them. I want to see these men that I put three years of my life into. I want to hang out with them. I want to eat. I want to see them. I want to hug them. I would bet you, if I was a betting person, a lot of money that when Mary ran back to the disciples, she would have beat Peter and John. They had not seen Christ, they just realized it. She had been in the presence of the resurrected Jesus. You can't just later on today, if you have an Easter meal and you take a godly Easter Sunday nap, just lay down in your bed and go. I wonder how glorious he really did look. Three, day, three days later he has no scars, okay? The only scars that, that probably his hands, his wrist, his wrist, and his feet, probably, and maybe on the side. Tell them I'm going to my father. Look at verse 18. And Mary Magdalene found the disciples, and she told them, I've seen the Lord. Now think about this. Now, listen, these, these disciples had been disciples before they had met Mary Magdalene. So Mary Magdalene comes in after the disciples are, are following Jesus. Do you think that any time during their journey, the disciples met some people that were a little out there? This lady had seven demons. Oh, great. So they're sitting around. Now, John and Peter, they understood Jesus is alive. Okay, that's, that's good. That's great. Now what? <laughs> And they're just sitting there. I have no idea what we're doing. All of a sudden, Mary Magdalene comes flying and she goes, He's alive! <laughs> yeah, we know that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, No, I've seen him. And if she hugged him, she may have went like this. I touched him with these hands right here. He is alive. Not that you just understand it. I've seen him. Hmm. Look at verse 19. I find this funny. I think John has a big sense of humor. Now, Mary Magdalene saw the empty tomb when? When it was dark before sunrise. All of this probably happened before 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning. Now, look look, that's Sunday evening. So the whole day, the disciples go, you did not see the resurrected Jesus. There's no way. The longer, the longer that time span is, the more we start doubting, don't we? Okay, look at this. In, in verse 19, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Would you? Where would you have been? I would have been in a root cellar with a car over the top of that, and cemented myself in. Seriously, they were terrified watching a crucifixion, let alone of your leader, is one of the most awful things you can ever watch. They're going to do that to us. If not worse. Peter eventually said, I'm not even worthy to be crucified like my God. He was crucified upside down. He loved God that much. So they were meeting behind the locked doors because they were afraid. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Do you know why I think he said peace be with you? Because I think they were terrified. Now listen, these guys, all but one, all but John, probably weren't even at the crucifixion scene. Do you think that those ten, Judas, obviously, he's already dead. Do you think that these ten have had a little bit of guilt about denying Christ or being at the crucifixion? Think about this, they're sitting at the table going, "Uh uh-oh, what kind of trouble are we in now? So Jesus, they're sitting there. Mary, there's no way that you saw Jesus. There's no way. Can you imagine this? The door's behind him, and, and somebody's sitting there, like Jesus, Mary, you're lying. And tap, tap, tap. Hey, I know that voice. Peace be with you. Why did he say peace be with you? Because they were scared. Listen, it's just me. Because you know why he probably had to say peace be with you. Where in verse 19 does it say he knocked on the door? I don't know about you. I've never been sitting in my house growing up, and all of a sudden, I thought my mom and dad were at work, and all of a sudden, they were in the kitchen. They didn't walk through walls at my house. We walked into walls. We didn't walk through them. It says he just appeared inside the room with them through a locked door, and he spoke. In verse 20. And he spoke. And he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And in verse 21 he said again. Because they were still flipping out. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me. So I am sending you. If you're involved in connect groups. Next month we are talking about what it means to be sent. It is an incredible lesson. Do not miss this. But Jesus says. As the Father has sent me. I am sending you. Then He breathed. Why did I say what I said earlier about Genesis? Because the same way Jesus empowers His followers is the same way that God made life into man. He breathed. It's intentional. God spoke... Listen, God... Depending on the age of the earth and science, we're just going to go out on them. limb. God spoke the Grand Canyon into existence. Yet He took time to form with His own hands. Man, that's intimacy. That's a relationship that's close. He breathed on them and He said, Receive the Holy Spirit, their helper. Why do they need a helper? Jesus is going to go away. He's going to go away. But first He had to show them. He says, I told you. That I was coming back. Can you imagine that conversation? Can you imagine the questions? So, okay, you're here now. Where did you go? <laughs> what did you go? Where? What dimension? Jesus, where have you been? In verse 23, he says, If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. He's showing them that they have power, and he's literally sending them out he said as I taught and I taught you you are to go you are to minister to people literally the first time the Connection, connection's logo was ever heard when Jesus says just be relaxed and relevant live in love like me go minister to them look at your worship handout this is a big deal some of you may need to cut this out. I heard, I heard some things last week, and you were very, you were very kind, you said that was a really good sermon. I wanted to put this in here. If you need to cut this out of your worship handout, cut it out and put it on the mirror. Some of you that don 't think that you 're loved, you don 't see love in your life, you put that on the on your mirror, and you read it every morning. Listen, the Son of God was beaten, mocked, crucified, and laid in a grave. You know why? so we didn 't have to. He got to wear this lovely crown of thorns. Three days later, Jesus Christ laid death in his grave. Whoa. That's a cool play on words. You're going to hear in a minute during Face Down, you're going to hear Death in His Grave. It's a song by John Mark McMillan. If you don't know who that is, he wrote How He Loves Us. When God raised him from the dead, Jesus laid death in his own grave. He said, You know what? Death can't hold me, there is no more sting. I've paid the price for them. Satan's ultimate bad day until he gets banished was that day. Who do you say Jesus is? Now I have a question. Some of you may, may go to church all the time. Some of you may not know who Christ is. Some of you may have had a relationship with Jesus for a long time. And I want to challenge you this morning to really think about this question. This last question. Who do you say Jesus is? Jesus was a real man sent down from God. He lived a sinless life. And He died a real death on a cross. And He paid for the price of our sin. And three days later, that's why we have Easter. We celebrate God raising Him from the dead. Why? Jesus died for your sin and my sin. And what we need to do is we need to ask God to forgive us of that sin and to come into our life. Save us. It's a church word. It means to have a relationship with God. In the second, I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm just going to ask you to bow your head. This is not I don't have magic words. I do not have magic words. But if this for the first time has made sense to you, I want you to consider praying this prayer with me and asking Christ into your life for the first time. God knows your heart. I don't. It's up to you and Him, not me. Just bow your head. Just repeat these words after me God, I believe that Jesus is your Son. And then He came and died a real death on the cross for my sin. I believe that You raised Him from the dead on the third day. God, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask You to forgive me. I ask You to heal me and I ask You to save me. I ask the Holy Spirit to come and live in my life and that I can live the rest of my life following you, not myself. Thank you, God, for allowing me to have a relationship with you. Amen. If you just look at me, I'm not going to have you raise your hand or anything else. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ or you just prayed that prayer to become a follower of Christ. We're going to have you guys can go ahead and go to your spots. We're going to take face down. Face down is a really cool thing. In the beginning first church, the apostolic fathers church, they used to only have baptisms one time a year and it was on Easter and they would baptize people wearing white robes and as soon as they were baptized they were given water to drink so that it recognized that they were a pure being. Then they would take the Lord's Supper or communion. We call it face down. And it's a time that we reflect. And this is a meal that is open to anyone that's a follower of Christ. If you just prayed that prayer with me, you come and take it with your family. Okay? Because we're now your family. Spiritually. Think about what God has done. Think about how Jesus laid death in His grave for you. Concentrate on what He's done. As we listen to this video, you come and take face down.